In this episode of The Full Nerd, oh, damn it, I screwed it up anyway. Ready? Right. Oh, here we go. In this episode of The Full Nerd, uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't have my phone in front of me. In this episode of The Full Nerd, Radeon RX, uh, RX. In this episode of The Full Nerd, Radeon RX 6000 is here. Yeah. Too many R's. Okay, this one's going to work. You got it. In this episode of The Full Nerd, Radeon RX 6000 is here. RTX 3070 review. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 155. I'm your host, Gordon Maung, with co-host Brad Charkis. Hello, Internet. Elaine Yee is here. Hi, everybody. And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the vertical and horizontal. So we got big Navi, bigger Navi, biggest Navi. We got three cards yes. today. Nice. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's dive right into it. Let's talk about it. Do we need to recap it for everybody? Yeah, let's, um, let's we're going to recap. We're going to pretend. Do you want to just? We actually have the chart. If you you don't need to scrub back through it, we can actually show. You want to show the cards off, Adam? Uh, yeah. T- tell specs. me what slides do you want to see. Uh, uh, why don't we show off um, slide? Well, six is the first one they they talked about. All right. We're well, gonna start while we show the, it, go ahead and uh, talk about it. You want to do it, Brad, or you want me to? We're going to start in the middle. I don't know what the slide numbers are, so. (laughs) Oh, so it's basically the AMD Radeon RX 6800 XT, 72 compute cores, 2,015 megahertz game clock, 2,250 boost clock, 128 megabytes of Infinity Cache, 16 megs of GDDR6, total board power of 300 watts. They claim that's lower than NVIDIA. It is. That will come in at $649. That's a good price, right? And uh, let's go to, and then the Cindy Brady is the AMD Radeon RX 6800. Wait, wait, wait. Before, do we want to do this or do we want to talk about the 6800 XT by itself first? Do you want to do that or should we just recap it and just. Either way, whatever. Recap it. Recap it and then recap it. Sure. Okay. In the lower end, if you're like, hey, you know, 650 is too much for me, AMD Radeon RX 6800, 60 compute units, 1815 game clock, 2105 boost clock, 128 megabyte Infinity cache, 16 megs of GDDR6, 250 watt total board power, and the price now drops down to about 579 And the biggest Navi, which was really the shocker here, let me find that slide. Um, slide 16. 16, Adam. Yep. Radeon RX 6900 XT, 80 compute units, same 2,115 megahertz game clock, 2,250 boost clock, 128 megabytes infinity cache, 16 megs, GDDR6. Real shocker. Total board power is still only 300 watts. No different than the middle card and the price, which really was a shocker to me. I learned that this morning, nine ninety nine, because they say this will run with NVIDIA's fifteen hundred dollar RTX thirty ninety card. Uh, well, real quick, I just want to insert this for any audio listeners who are tuning in later. Um, it's actually sixteen gigs. Yes, sorry. On those, on those cards that we meant that was not 16 mentioned. megs. It's not 1998. <laughs> yeah, no, 16, 16 gigs. All three cards, interestingly, 16 gigs, which I think is a is a bold statement, right? Because you would have thought maybe that 
that that uh, 579, the 6800 might cut down the memory a little bit, but um, yeah. they decide to go for full 16 gigs. It makes, although it's it's different. Uh, Brad, do you think that makes a difference between NVIDIA with GDDR6X on the 3080 and 3090? Um, I think it makes a huge difference. It's a very big difference maker across the board. NVIDIA has faster GDDR6X memory, which is higher is faster, so it offers more bandwidth. But in all of my reviews and a bunch of other reviews I've seen, you know, uh, NVIDIA topped it out at 10 gigabytes for the 3080. Uh, and if it's a 4K gaming card, there are some games, like if you crank up Doom Eternal to the max, uh, it'll already use more than 10 gigabytes of RAM. The question is, is this good enough going into the future? Uh, AMD, rather than betting on the speed of GDDR6, uh, obviously values more into capacity. Which, because if you run out of RAM capacity, then you start getting stuttering and stuff like that. And you go to start hitting system memory. Uh, and, I mean, 16 gigs is a big counterpoint to what NVIDIA is doing right now. I, th- I find it really interesting, both that they're saying, hey, we use less power than NVIDIA. Like, that's, that's a crazy statement as someone who's been, you know, in the past decade, AMD has been hot and power hungry. That's what it is. And now it's more power efficient than NVIDIA's top cards. Uh, and also saying, hey, we have 16 gigabytes. Like in my review of the 3070, uh, I reviewed it yesterday, foreshadowing, we're going to get into it later. Uh, I said, hey, this is a great card for both 4K60 and 1440p, but I'd feel much more comfortable playing it at 1440p simply because of that 8 gigabytes of GDDR6. Uh, the 6800, the Radeon RX 6800 doubles that which means that I would be much more comfortable using that as a 4K gaming card as well, buying that, having that for a few years. Uh, So, I mean, that card is, I think they said $80 more expensive than the 3070 is going to wind up being, but it makes it feel a lot more future-proof if you're going to be playing at 4K. Yeah, it's nice. interesting. It's actually priced up over a thirty seventy. Although we we're going to get into Brad's thirty seventy thing now, but I, I do want to keep the talk on on Radeon. Yeah, I am very interested by a couple things. Uh, what do you think? Infinity Cash, which is this? They they. I, before we get too far into that, I want to point out some things I mentioned during the stream. But uh, as you go, if you read my article on PCWorld.com or something now, uh, if you look at that, if you look at the other performance metrics that they put out, uh, NVIDIA is – or not NVIDIA. AMD's Radeon cards all look super competitive with even right up to the 3090 uh, based on the metrics that they show. And I had a chat with Scott Herkelman, the Radeon chief, yesterday, and he was saying this is the best API for each card. So if Division 2 runs better on DX11 for NVIDIA and DX12 for us – we just took the best result, and that's what it is. So this is best for best. Uh, and it looks super competitive. But they also introduced smart access memory, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a bit, and a new Rage overclocking mode that the name is a throwback to the old ATI days. And for the 6900 XT and the 6800, they have that smart system ac- smart access memory uh, enabled. So it's not direct, you know, just pure apples to apples comparison. And I just want to make sure people know that because it's just little, you know, footnotes at the bottom of each slide, but that's important. Yeah, and uh, and I was actually looking it up because it's it's been a while, but the ATI Rage, and that came out originally in <laughs> twenty four years ago in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, I you know I just realized is that a little bit of a dig too at Nvidia because you know Nvidia was doing a throwback to 
their 90s, <laughs> their 90s uh, graphics card. And by calling this, you know, rage mode, it's like, hmm, it's like everybody's in a full-on retro, retro classic kind of feel here. <laughs> I like the aggressive names uh, AMD has been using. Rage, you know, Threadripper, stuff like that. I like it. It's always fun. Uh, real quick, we do have some uh, more super chats. VC Jester gave us five dollars. Okay. Thank you. Said we just witnessed Lisa Sue take off her gloves. Like, uh, <laughs> Kaizen Ten uh, gave us five pounds. I think this is. Um, did AMD show any ray tracing con- comparisons? They did not show ray tracing comparisons. Uh, they did show some games running with ray tracing enabled. They didn't explicitly say it's on Radeon, but you have to imagine it's on Radeon that they were running those. Uh, but they did say that they did show a little slide that shows uh, their Fidelity FX, you know, suite of tools for developers to use. They're adding a super resolution feature, which they didn't go into detail about, but you have to imagine it'll be some sort of competitor to DLSS. Oh, that's what you think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah people were I do think that, that because uh, Scott Herkelman told me that on a phone call yesterday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, in, it's, I think Is it's it also hardware accelerated. Do we know? No details. It's yeah, just details. that's going to be, you know, our, our response. It's going to be open, just like all the rest of Fidelity FX is. Uh, they're hoping it works on consoles because the Xbox Series X also runs DirectX 12 Ultimate. Mm-hmm. So they're really hoping that having our DNA 2 GPUs and all the consoles now in this, DirectX 12 Ultimate is going to be working on the Xbox Series X and all the PC hardware from Intel, AMD, and NVIDIA. So they're really hoping that these suite of tools, because they cross everything, you know, makes makes it a bigger difference uh, than using some proprietary like NVIDIA's DLSS, which is black magic, but only NVIDIA can use it. Yeah, and I think... I would imagine, even though Sony doesn't use DX, you know, DirectX, but uh, they probably would adopt some, yeah. you know, aspect of it. So they are It'd arguing, similar. right? Nvidia, AMD has been doing this for a while, where they they play the they play the you know open where we do open. It's just very much like what they did with FreeSync, which you know it was a wild success in the end. Um, they want to appeal to as wide an audience as possible to box in the competition. I think it's clever. Like we've always said, what what difference does it make that AMD is in consoles? Because it really didn't matter last generation too much. Like we saw more PC ports because everything's x86, and that's great. But in this case, if this proves out how it sounds like AMD's hoping it will, uh, like that'll be a tangible advantage, the fact that they're in the consoles and they can push open source alternatives to DLSS and stuff like that. We're going to have to see how it holds up. Proof is in the pudding. You know, it needs to get tested. But interesting. Like I was saying earlier, 5D chess everywhere. Uh, yeah, another... I mean, it has finally paid off. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say another question from the uh, chat. We got uh, 38 Hong Kong dollars. Nice. <laughs> That's fun from Super Googly. Uh, said, uh, I just bought an RTX 3080. Should I upgrade to a 6900 XT? I haven't been that. tested yet. Those numbers <laughs> look good, though. All right. Yep. Uh, Monster <laughs> gave us uh, 20 Danish crowns, said, love you all. Thank you. Uh, LaSalle Rams third said, loving the AMD coverage. I hope the drivers are better this time on launch. Well, 
they would they did have a lot of issues with the 5700 XT drivers. Uh, I personally never ran into any issues with it. I know a lot of people did. Uh, they've been working real hard on that, and it seems like they squashed a bunch of that. So yeah, I'd imagine that would be a big focus for them because uh, they know inside that company that's where there's been issues. They know that it's you know that's a black mark against the otherwise excellent 5700 series. Uh, you have to think that now that they're gunning for the top uh, for $500 less than NVIDIA costs uh, that they want everything buttoned up. So I agree. Hopefully fingers crossed. Okay. Also uh, $5 from Travis Morrison. Mikkel. Thank you. Said, are we going to get new AMD motherboards with Ryzen 5000 and Radeon 6000 series? They haven't announced anything. Well, actually, yeah. uh, maybe if, to piggyback off that, uh, will you need a new motherboard to take advantage of that, um, the crosstalk, well, whatever they call it? Only that. if you don't have a 5,000, or sorry, 500 chips, chipset motherboard. So the, what they are talking about with, you know, being able to go into rage mode is that you need, a, you know, X570. Um, no, not for rage mm-hmm. mode. Rage mode is just the automatic overclocking. So they already had Sorry. automatic overclocking tools. I forgot just, the I forgot the term for uh, when smart you have access all, memory. Thank you for when you have yeah. all three of them in play to get a boost. Yeah, we have that in the slide. We went, we went, uh, where is it? Did I yeah, not just tell me which slide? Out. While you're finding that, dope is Jay gave us ten dollars. Thank you, good good person. Uh, said oh. the RX sixty eight hundred non XT outperforms the RTX twenty eighty Ti, thus outperforms the thirty seventy. According to their slide, the sixty eight hundred yep. non XT isn't a thirty seven competitor because it uh, it murked it. More VRAM for four K gaming. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, slide. the 1440p numbers for the 6800 were, were the ones that really were interesting to me. That shows it really dominating the 3070, if those hold true. Uh, why don't you bring up slide 9 there, Adam? Okay. Work for AMD that. SAM, smart access memory. All right, go ahead. We really don't know that much about this feature yet. Um, it is, of course, taking advantage if you happen to have a Ryzen 5000 part. Zen 3, and you have an RX 6000. Uh, apparently, it has full access. The CPU then has full access to the graphics card's memory. As we understand it, um, what happens now is there is a small aperture that you can the CPU can access the GPU's memory. I mean, let me know if I mangle this or not, Brad. But okay, <clears throat> it's. And they're basically opening that aperture so that the CPU can access um, all of the memory on the GPU, whereas before it was a fairly small window, so it's much larger. How exactly this works? Is this uh, some part of us looking into this? Could this be PCIe, you know, uh, base address register? I don't, I don't really know what exactly this feature is, but you need a, a Ryzen, a Zen 3 part, and you need an RX 6000. I don't think that necessarily means you need to have, say, an x570 i think it's possible this could work on an older board that supports a ryzen uh, 5000 we don't we don't know that yet uh but uh, i don't think you ne- you'll need a new motherboard for this feature and uh if you want to show slide 10 it actually uh, says- i want to talk about that more if- oh go ahead yeah i find that super duper interesting the fact that they're tying together ryzen and radeon and saying it's like smart shift and laptops if you're going all in on amd hardware we'll give you more performance because this all talks to each other presumably over the infinity fabric and stuff like that 
and we're going to use that to leverage and give you more performance out of your stuff. And that's super cool. That's like what we've seen Intel trying to do like with Optane memory, but you know, CPU and GPU performance is more tangible to the people who are enthusiasts or going out and buying high-end rigs with CPUs and GPUs like this, I think. Uh, and it's especially interesting because they also announced that these cards support direct storage. The uh, storage technology that's coming out next year on PCs, it's the backbone of the Xbox Series X storage technology. And what that does is it lets your GPU memory and your SSD, your NVMe SSD, talk to each other for much faster load times. So if you have a Ryzen 5000 system with one of these Radeon you know, 6000 GPUs and an NVMe SSD next year, it could all just be talking directly to the GPU memory. And that's like, there's tremendous possibilities for speed increases there as far as responsiveness goes. And I'm super excited about it. Um, Just real quick though. Uh, chat is actually backing me up on this one, and I didn't, I didn't I didn't get to finish what I was saying about the 500 series chipset, but it's supposed to. They did say during the presentation that you do need a 500 series chipset, so either oh, really? X570 or B550 motherboard. Hmm. Interesting. So this may be a new. Well, it's that would be weird because I mean, they're just trying to get you moving. It, 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 even if there's a technical reason, it's a good reason to get you moving. It's interesting because, I mean, the memory controller is in the CPU itself. So I'm wondering what in the world, how this works exactly. Because when you plug in your graphics card, you're it's talking directly to the memory controller and the PCIe controller in the CPU. So it, a chipset limitation might be artificial more than anything. Maybe they just don't want the board vendors to do that work and... You know, they do have to, it is hard to, you do have to move people on. Um, you know, one thing I, I do want to, I'm interested too, is uh, if you look at PlayStation 5 and you look at Xbox, the way they're designed, there's, I don't think there is actually a memory controller in the CPU necessarily. It feels like, from, of course, we don't know all the full details, but the previous designs, Someone maybe who knows more about consoles can tell me this, but wasn't there simply the memory, a one memory controller for all the memory in the system? So we sort, I sort of assumed it was the graphics, the GDDR6 controller or whatever was in those previous, um, uh, X, in the Xbox and PlayStation had control. So right now you have a memory controller for your, your DRAM and then you have a memory controller in the graphics card. And I think the way the, the consoles are uh, constructed there's there's no because you basically have yeah, a unified memory yeah so you would imagine there's no io there's no really if it's there it's turned off there's no nothing it's basically just one single memory controller for both and i kind of wonder if this gets us closer the smart access memory gets us closer to the way that the uh, consoles are designed where you yeah. basically have the graphics card calling because you know what why deal with the slow System memory, why deal with this, and this, why in fact deal with some of the, the CPU, which is very slow. Your storage goes straight into the, into the graphics card. And now, you know, the CPU can basically access the faster DDR6 instead of the slower, you know, DDR4. I, I would be interesting to see if that's something that kind of happens on the AMD side of things. Chat yeah, saying maybe it's, it's a uh, PCIe Gen 4 uh, spec. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you would. You would need Gen 4 for this because... So then you would need 500 series. That would mm-hmm. make sense. That's what they're saying. Yeah. 
First. I don't know enough about it. We'll see. Oh, gonna, I, this, I've lost today, track. Just oh, showing that's yeah. stuff. Yeah, today they're just showing us this stuff. Still. That's where we go. There, I'm sure we're going to know much more about it before these cards, the first cards, launch on November 18th. Uh, I did. I did want to slow off, show off slide 10, which is what you get out of the smart access memory. Well, that the putting yeah, it there's all no together. PCIe 5 and X5 470. Um, yeah, so that's putting it all together. You're basically showing the rage mode as well as smart access memory, memory in certain games. Forza, which probably isn't too graphically intense, right? It looks like... It is. It's just very well-optimized DirectX 12. Is it? Gears yeah. of 5, Gears of War 5, Hitman 2. So, it, so it it's worth noting, this, this is both smart access memory and rage mode, so it's kind of hard to you know get too much information about either one of those. Uh, and Scott Herkelman told us that this is done... With them playing this technology close to the vest, they haven't told game developers about it yet. Uh, the, so none of these games have been optimized to support this technology or anything like this. This is just them in the labs flipping it on. This is what they get out of the box. So they're saying it could get even better. Nice. I have a question. Does this make anybody uncomfortable? Yeah, a little bit, but I dig it. It depends whether or not it can be disabled was my thought looking at all this because oh. I can understand as a reviewer, I don't want, I want to test this, but in my standard benchmarks, I don't want to deal with this as a potential performance differentiator. Oh yes. I I'm wondering if this makes anybody uncomfortable because although I think it is a good idea, if you've got, you know, PCIe four, you've got your CPU and you've got your Radeon, but is there a reason this feature shouldn't work on, say, a future Intel CPU that has PCIe 4 or an NVIDIA GPU with PCIe 4? Should this feature also be supported in competing platforms? Should it be open? Because does this get a little weird because you buy it all from AMD and you're better? If it's, Intel it's, did this... It's especially weird because AMD does bang the open source drums all the time, like they were just doing with Fidelity, Fidelity FX. Uh, I get that concern to me. And it's been the same. I have the same, you know, basic stance with uh, the game work stuff from NVIDIA. Like I'm not against, you know, these hardware creators making features and providing these extra features to their users. You can still buy a Ryzen CPU and use it just fine with an NVIDIA GPU or an Intel thing and use it just fine with a Radeon 6000 series. And they'll still just work how it is. It's just, if you get it all together, it gets a little bit extra. Uh, whether or not it can be implemented in Intel, one, I, I would be surprised if they'd want to do that from a business standpoint. But two, uh, I would think it would also depend on the exact technical implementation of how this works. Yeah, because just, they it, could go across the infinity fabric and infinity caches and all that kind of stuff where they just teased all these things today and they didn't say anything about them. So we don't know the details. It, it's When it comes to stuff like this, those details matter. It'll be interesting because, you know, right now, I, you know, I, I think everything is fine. And honestly, I'm with you, Brad. If you're making something simply better and you're not hurting, intentionally hurting the competition, I, I think that's that's fair. You you put all the money into it. You should you should reap the rewards. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of wondering where it'll be five years down the road, ten years down the road, when you have it. Why not just simply? Could you could you see a more closed ecosystem where you know you've got AMD CPU, you've got AMD GPU, you've got Intel CPU, you've got Intel GPU, 
we were making it so much better. Why, why even use third party stuff? Right. I mean, I'm just kind of being a little, a little, it is a little worried. We, we do have to keep the PC open. I, I think people need to keep that in mind. I agree, but I don't think adding features like this necessarily closes it. But like I said, I think it's just value added feature on top at this point. Okay. If it starts getting, you know, one being actually useful well, at this point, all we have is a handful of AMD benchmarks and some of those sure. are like 2%. Uh, and two, if it does start getting restricting basic use for other hardware that gets plugged into it, that's when you need to sound the alarm. This is just a feature on top for now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will say that uh, over on uh, AMD's channel, they did upload a, a couple new videos, one of them featuring Frank Azor, who's uh, been on the show before, talking about uh, why Ryzen and Radeon is the ultimate gaming platform. So they uh, they might have some more details than that. Yeah. Uh, I do have some more uh, Super Chats to get to with some, sure. some good questions. Um, let's see. Uh, here we go. Zemex uh, gave us $5 Canadian, I think. I don't know. I think that's what that is. Uh, can I buy recent GPUs and use them on my Dell PC? I have a Dell with a 1700X and an RX 580. How do GPUs get recognized? Is it by vendor drivers or from Windows? Great question. If you just plug it in uh, to your system, first open before you go buy a new graphics card with a pre-built system like that. Open up the side of it. Look and make sure you have enough PCIe power connectors coming out. So the kinds of connectors that are plugged into your graphics card, uh, you're going to be limited by that. So see how many you have shot based on that. Uh, and then you just take it out, put it in, hook it up, you know, plug the power back in, turn it all back on, turn on your computer and windows will take a few minutes and it'll recognize it. It'll download some drivers, the resolution will change on your screen, et cetera, et cetera. And you'll have some basic drivers directed, provided directly from Microsoft. Uh, they tend to be very, very old. So whatever graphics card you get, go to either NVIDIA or AMD's website, download the latest graphics drivers. It sounds like if so, they have a, a 580 in it already, they hopefully should have the Radeon software. Yeah. Uh, uh, tacking onto that, which is not related to the driver question and being recognized, but also measure how long or how much space you have for another graphics card, because that will also limit what you can purchase, mm-hmm. the physical amount of space you have. I think it's interesting that they said, uh, you know, these graphics cards look pretty standard size. Uh, for AMD, the uh, the yeah. 6900 XT and stuff like that, because it's hard to tell in pictures because the 3080 and 3090 Founders Edition cards look the exact same aside from their size. The 3090 is freaking huge. Like, it's incredibly impressive. It's phenomenal. It's very cool, very quiet, etc. But it's a big boy. Uh, <laughs> really curious to see, you know, how AMD's solution holds up there. Yeah, I'll be curious about the acoustics of those yeah. cards. In particular, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm glad to see him move away from blower style cards. I still wish blower style cards weren't hated on as much as they are because they provide a good baseline for system PCs, uh, pre-built PCs. But for enthusiast cards like this, DIY cards, I think moving away from blower style is the way to go. Nice. Uh, another uh, $5 from uh, Jared Jones. Thank you. Says, uh, am I better off sticking with NVIDIA if I have a G-Sync meaning non-FreeSync monitor? Uh, yes, I would. If That's that's uh, was my issue with G-Sync and FreeSync to begin with when it first came out, is that monitors tend to be like fridges and appliances, right? You buy one and you write it until it's done, especially with as expensive as G-Sync monitors are. But yeah. once you've already invested in that, uh, 
unless there's a dramatic value difference between competing Radeon and GeForce cards, I would continue to get GeForce cards. You can take advantage of it because Adaptive Sync, like once you use it, you can't go back. <laughs> it's terrible. I have to do it sometimes for work, and it makes my eyes bleed every time. Uh, we got a, a couple questions about the high end. Uh, hey, Harley Rogers gave us five dollars. Thank you. Said, would it be a waste of time for Nvidia to release a thirty eighty Ti now, considering the price of the sixty nine hundred XT? And on top of that, we got ten dollars from Res C saying, consider the RAM and price uh, kind of makes the thirty ninety a non gaming GPU. Does this mean AMD has the best gaming CPU and GPU now? Are we back on the correct timeline? <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> What do we think? Is uh, AMD going to try to slot in with 3080 Ti? Can they even do it? Does AMD right now have the best gaming GPU? There is no 3080 Ti yet, and part of the reason is because NVIDIA wanted to give itself room to maneuver against this, I think. Uh, I think they can match it. Possibly. I don't know. The GDDR6X makes it difficult in the in the funky uh, memory quantities in the 3080. There's so many numbers in my head right now, so pardon me while I pause. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think they, they, they'll definitely roll out with something if they do, in fact, get beat by the 6800 X and the 6900 XT. Because NVIDIA doesn't like being beat. So they'll, they'll respond in some way. Uh, as far as the 3090 goes, like if you want to not consider that a gaming card, it looks like the 6900 XT will be the fastest gaming card around. We'll have to see. Uh, again, this is all AMD numbers, and they tend to be pretty, you know, good with their data. But you still, before you get jump to too many conclusions, I mean, wait and see for independent testing. Let's but, let's look at some of these uh, gaming numbers. Uh, Actually, real quick, I have a question oh, for Brad. A follow up on what you just said. Um, I mean, obviously, this is going to hinge on what the actual benchmarks say when reviews mm-hmm. come out in what mid November, and then again in December. Yep. Um, but do you think? we could actually see a price drop from NVIDIA this time around if the cards are as strong as AMD is claiming. Uh, I don't think so with the 3070. I think AMD was smart to price that $80 more because that is worth an $80 upgrade for people who are looking to game at 4K, but it also, you know, NVIDIA is just going to leave that alone, I think. Uh the 3080, we might see a price drop depending on how the 6800 XT performs, and I doubt we'll see a price drop on the 3090. Uh, coming into this, they were already, you know, at the Ampere launch event. Jensen Huang, the CEO of NVIDIA, positioned the 3080 as their flagship gaming CPU, and they just called the 3090 the BF GPU and almost a Titan kind of an even though those have Titan drivers. Uh, but they really rolled that out because they didn't think AMD could beat it. And they wanted the 3090 at the top of the benchmark charts, is my opinion. That's what I think was going on there. Uh, if AMD can beat it with, you know, $500 less, that's just... <laughs> they can't give you 24 gigabytes of GDDR6 that cheap with a die that big. <laughs> well, yeah, and let's look at the, the, the gaming slide. What is it? The Oh, I don't have it in here. Oh, uh, we don't have this the sixteen hundred gaming slide. Didn't they show one? I off? think they I did. Think they did. Uh, oh, okay. Well, just to also continue up. Oh, I guess you don't have it. Uh, <laughs> but to also continue with that, I don't think we're going to see price drops from anybody anytime soon because they're selling these as fast as they can make them. Uh, I expect AMD because it's had longer timing to have a better supply 
than NVIDIA possibly did? I don't expect that. I would not be surprised if that's the case. But no matter how many cards they have, they're going to sell out immediately. It happens every GPU generation. It's going to happen again, especially this year with everything going on. Everyone's stuck at home. You know, I didn't go on vacation, so I might buy a PlayStation <laughs> 5 personally uh, just because, you know. Oh. But uh, don't tell Gordon that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no new switch out yet. But uh, that kind of thing. Slide 18, Adam, is what he said. Oh. Uh, so I wouldn't expect price drops from anybody anytime soon because they're just going to sell these for as much as they can right out of the box. Makes sense. Gordon, I did not get a slide 18 if, uh, if you want to send that to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the... that it's, there's 18 of them to actually go that high. <laughs> oh, you know, Maybe yeah, Gordon loves the slides. Uh, I do have a couple more super chats. A uh, friend of the show, Evo Cotti Productions, gave us $10, said, I really hope that AMD can get a hold of their drivers this time around. That's the one thing keeping me on NVIDIA. Uh, they had a 5700 XT, and it was rough, so... We'll see how yeah. it shakes out there. Good luck. Uh, and then $5 from Amon Smith um, said, will ray tracing work on older ray tracing games like Battlefield 5, etc. with these new cards or only new games will work with the AMD support? Meaning, you know, w- whatever stuff they announced, yeah. is it going to be backwards compatible with old ray tracing games? That's a very good question. Uh, I think it will depend on the game itself uh, because... NVIDIA's RTX technology is built on top of Microsoft's DirectX 12 ray tracing API. Uh, But that being said, for two years, NVIDIA has been the only hardware out that supports that, and they wrap it up in their proprietary RTX stuff. So it's going to depend on whether the game uh, was coded to specifically take advantage of NVIDIA stuff or if it was at a higher level to take advantage of DirectX ray tracing. If you look at Minecraft RTX, I guess. I don't think it's officially called that, but that's what I call it. Minecraft RTX. Uh, that was done by Microsoft, and they specifically call it DirectX Ray Tracing or DXR. If Watching mm-hmm. that stream today, uh, World of Warcraft Shadowlands specifically called it DXR. So I would expect games like that to work, definitely, with AMD's Radeon cards and whatever Intel winds up putting out. Uh, older games, it's going to depend. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, I, th- I think we should show some uh, gaming benchmarks and talk about that. Uh, do we yeah. want to start at the low end, the 6800? Sure. Uh, let me bring it up. So here we go. Oh, this is slide 13. Uh, so the, the 6800 showing a 4K6. And, of course, they're showing it against the 2080 Ti because they probably don't have a 3070 on hand. Correct, yep. Fred? Yep. Yeah, because that's part of this 5D chess that they're all playing. Uh, the 3070 was supposed to launch on the 15th. NVIDIA delayed it until tomorrow, uh, ostensibly to help the supply situation, which very well may be true. But it also may be so that the 3070 wasn't directly on these slides. But, spoiler alert, 2080 Ti and 3070 deliver essentially the same performance. Mm-hmm. So Okay. And then, yeah, there, there's 10 games on here, and every single one... The 6800 beats the 2080 Ti slash theoretically 3070. Uh, obviously for for eight hundred dollars more, but that's probably $80. because eighty dollars. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's that's probably because how how much do you think these numbers are contributed to the the VRAM increase? Uh, yeah, 4K that'll make a big difference. Uh, a lot of these games 
won't necessarily go over eight gigabytes. Some of them will at 4K, so it does play into some of those. I think a lot of it is just raw horsepower uh, for both this and 1440p, because on 1440p, it's like even more dominant. Uh, so it wouldn't just be the VRAM. Uh, again, I want, do want to point out that's with that smart access memory feature enabled, so it's not a direct apples-to-apples thing here. Uh, mm. The AMD cards are faster than they would be if you plugged it into an Intel system. Mm. So then- some of those, it might drop behind slightly, the 2080 Ti slash 3070. Like if you look at uh, Division 2 and 4K, uh, it's just a hair faster than the 2080 Ti. If you don't have the system access or smart access memory turned on it might drop just behind it but it's right there i mean if these some of these leads are so big that you turn it off ain't gonna make a difference because i went through all the numbers that amd provided for smart access memory and i found that it was a six percent uplift on average so Hmm. it's not huge but it's noticeable but it's not huge well and here's the uh the 1440p once again the uh, RX 6800, the the lowest end card they announced today, uh, is definitely beating the 2080 on on this end. So this is definitely more of a horsepower indication than a VRAM, right? Yep. Yeah. And what's interesting, though, actually thinking about the 4K ones, is the 2080 Ti has 11 gigabytes of RAM, whereas the 3070 has eight, which does make oh. a difference sometimes. So hmm. versus the 3070, some of these leads could be even bigger. Although this is smart access memory makes it complicated <laughs> <laughs> yeah hold but yeah so that looks like a great card and to me i think i was really hoping amd was going to match or undercut prices for the 3070 but coming out and beating it in performance assuming these claims prove true and having 16 gigabytes i think that's a very very well positioned card because again like we're going to discuss later the 8 gigabytes of GDDR6 and the 3070, I feel, is very limiting if you're hoping to buy it for 4K for years to come. Having 16 gigabytes makes all the difference in the world, I would think, for this card, especially if it's faster. So uh, sw- uh, switching over to the 6800 XT uh, versus the uh, 3080, it's funny, this slide actually doesn't show the the smart access memory. This is This is just straight card versus card. That was because of the way the uh, show was structured. They oh, showed this card okay. first. They came out and showed it. Then they go, oh, by the way, we'll make it even faster with smart access memory and stuff like that. that makes so sense. this is an apples to apples comparison. This is the only one you're actually going to see uh, out of all the performance slides today because the other ones all have that smart access memory turned on. Got it. Got it. And it looks it looks great at 4K. I mean, that's what you're probably going to be buying this card for, uh, a 3080 competitor. So 650, I think they said it was. For the, the price, six eight hundred XT, yeah. So that's you know that's pretty compelling. They're ahead in a lot of games there. There's some where they're a little bit behind, uh, but oh, all in all, I'd say that's essentially the same performance. And then, so yeah, switching over to fourteen forty p. There's once again only one that they're still behind, which is Division Two. They were, they were behind in fourteen forty p and four k. Oh, Resident Evil Three. Yeah. So I was going through these again. I got these early, so I was able to sift through it a little bit more. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yep link stuff out uh and in these benchmarks at 4k amd's card wins or meets the 3080 in seven out of ten games if you drop to 14 it's eight out of ten games and i wanted to count that up because this is like i said the one where it's actually stock clocks so this is apples to apples comparison right here all in the same system best api amd is essentially saying it's 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 largely a wash but we beat them more often than not at least across this suite of games hmm. 
And they're doing it for less board power. And they're doing it with six gigabytes more memory capacity. It is slower GDDR6 versus GDDR6X. But, I mean, would you rather have capacity or faster bandwidth? I mean, <laughs> well, on the Infinity Cache, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I went ahead and sorry I was in, well, you want to keep going or uh, yeah just just the yeah. the uh, the chart 18 that you gave me thank you uh, the 6900 XT uh, so the uh, versus the 3090 at 4k this, this is the slide I'm showing right now on that and yeah once again division 2 it's behind and Resident Evil 3 it's behind but all the rest of them I mean that's a, uh, a that's a, a $500 jump in price yeah. But it, it looks this, like it, it hangs toe-to-toe. It's, it, this one has smart access memory and rage and overclocking turned mm-hmm. on. So mm-hmm. it's very much not apples to apples. Because I'm sure they didn't go in. If you put in EVGA, Precision X, or MSI Afterburner, or whatever, you can do one clock overclocking with those on the video cards as well. And I'm sure they did not with these. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite apples to apples. That being said, even if it takes 5 6% off the top, that card holds up very nicely based on these numbers against the 3090, especially when it's 500 freaking dollars less. Yeah. Like that can't be understated. Yes. It's not GDDR six. Yes. If you want to do some crazy AK workloads, but don't want to get a quadro card, you might want the 3090, but if you just want a game at 4k as fast as you can, like if these numbers hold up, that looks awfully damn compelling. And and what was the, the power draw for the uh, founder's edition on the 3090? 350 i believe okay so yeah. 50 watts more so how how are they making the 6900 xt the same power draw as the 69 or the 6800 xt i don't know i can't tell you that yeah <laughs> so somebody in, in chat asked earlier like should should they have tried to increase the power draw to get more out of it or do you think that that's an advantage you, you to reach say, a hey, point of i think it is an advantage because people have been like i put it at the top of my article people have been complaining about the high power draw of the Ampere cards, the RTX 30 series cards. This card beating it in power efficiency, I think that's a huge win, both from PR and also for, like, morally, like, for the people who work at AMD after years of being dumped on for being hot and loud and all that kind of stuff to say, hey, we're taking the fight to their top-end card for the first time. I was looking back since the 2090X, so seven years ago. This is the first time AMD is bringing it to NVIDIA's top card in seven years. And they're doing it with less power. I think it's worthwhile for that. Four or five hundred dollars less. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, Adam, I scrubbed through uh, Frank's presentation. Uh, there's actually a couple interesting things. They ha- they he does show a size comparison with the cards, okay. as well as as well as wattage. It's um, it's I the one that's any of this. Radeon RX six thousand series. It's the one that has the four cards on it. The yeah, size like is uh, multitasking. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Sorry, I I was politely trying to see if when this anything, and it is confirmed what what Elena said was you do need X five seventy. Frank said yes, you do need that because it makes sense. PCIe four. Uh, Wait, right. X five seventy specifically, or just five hundred well, series? Any, any, yeah, any, any, probably. I don't. Think I don't a, know if he said five fifty, but I'm sure it would work. I, I would imagine it's 550 and X570. Somebody did in chat yeah. ask about A520, but I really don't think that's no. going to be a thing. I think it's funny, like, uh, this. Or do you have this up on the screen yet, yep, yep. Adam? Yep. Uh, I think it's funny how they have the uh, 6900 XT as a 2.5 slot cards. 
uh, EVGA does that with their for the win three and stuff this generation too. They call it 2.75 slot cards. Like at that size, I mean, it is a three slot card. You might as well just put the extra half an inch of metal in there or whatever. But yeah, it's odd. Uh, and then, you know, in Frank's uh, presentation, that he did make a point of showing that look, we can fit this card. Our cards fit into most people's machines, uh, and as part of this, we'll make Elena happy. They showed it in a mini ITX and a micro ITX. So fairly small systems. So it, you know, it's it's not going to. They're basically saying need you will not need a big giant chassis. They also threw shade at. Another company by saying you don't need any special connector for it for power. <laughs> and they said they intentionally put the power connectors on the edge so that wiring is a lot simpler and easier. So none of that stuff. And also um, they talked about airflow. There's actually an airflow shot that they show. I don't yep. know if you want to show, show it or right not, Adam. Yep, show it right now. So basically, they're saying, you know, because one of the cool things about some of the the Founders Edition 30 series designs is you suck air through the back of the card and blow it up where it's being blown out through the, the system. Uh, there's been some concern that will that will be an issue for air coolers, uh, less so than it is for CLCs. But, you know, they're saying, hey, our three-axial design will not be a problem for people with air coolers. You don't have to buy a liquid cooler just to run your your new card. So I'm going to hop in here and say I totally would have made that point too if I worked at AMD as part of this. Hey, you can just plug it in; and it works. I think that's brilliant marketing. Uh, yeah. That being said, independent testing by Gamers Nexus and I think Jay did it, and some other people have shown that. The Founders Edition card design does not make your air cooler CPU run any worse. So I'm just going to put that out there right now. Uh, yeah. It's a good marketing point. They definitely it should is. say it. It's not something you should be concerned about in the real world. Yeah. I guess I, you know, some people get a little overly concerned with all that, but it is, it is there. The airflow thing was brought up. Uh, they did say, uh, I don't know if you want to show it or not, but they also showed off uh, the SAM turned on. It's basically showing it now. Uh, this is without the rage mode. It's the first slide I sent you. Yep, I got it. Um, real world results. And that basically shows you Sam. And uh, Frank did say that uh, basically Sam is just on. So if you have a supporting chipset, supporting CPU, supporting GPU, it's just on. So I don't know if you can turn it off or not, Brad, necessarily. Maybe they have a tool to do that, but it sounds like it's just simply on. Oh, and this is that complicates things for me. And this is them showing that yes, look, the the graph, the CPU can access all 16 gigs of that that graphics of that graphics card of the G, much much faster GDDR5. And uh, they even show this very interesting because you know they they it's uh, the aperture for accessing memory in general is about 256 megs, which is how much memory a 2003 Radeon 9600 XT had. So we have moved on for frame buffers to 2020. Now we have 16 gigs. In 2013, the Radeon R9 290X had 4 gigs of memory. So now you just have a ton more memory. The CPU can access it. Uh, Frank said uh, this aperture is used to uh, store like vertex data, just, you know, things, but very small window and anything outside of that, which we were told yesterday, now you have to turn your DRAM. So now the CPU can basically, it sounds like, like the SSD can directly access your GPU, 
memory, the CPU can just go in and if it needs to get that, do something from that vertex data, it just, it just does it, right? I'm really intrigued to see how this and direct storage all interplays because it's, it's super interesting. Very yeah. technically fascinated. And it could it, make huge real world difference for people depending on if games take advantage of it and how it all works. I mean, it really, to me, it feels like the long term goal is to just simply bypass you know, your system, your DRAM. I mean, you'll yeah, still use that for some things, but it's infinitely slower than permanently, you know, welded memory on your graphics card at, with a much fatter bus, right? I mean... Mm-hmm. I'm also super interested to hear more about Infinity Cache. The Infinity Cache, they're claiming, delivers more than twice the memory bandwidth Yeah, using GDDR6, over 256-bit bus, than you'd get normally using a 384-bit bus with the same amount of memory. That's wild. Uh, I want to hear a lot more about that. Uh, they wouldn't go into too many details. They didn't go into too many details. Uh, but that that's super cool, and I want to hear how that technology works because by using 256-bit bus rather than 384, that's part of what makes them able to save so much power because keeping the memory bus smaller you know, makes a big difference there. And it's yeah. just technically fascinating. There's so much technically fascinating stuff that they announced today, but didn't announce the technical details. I'm like, ah, oh, oh, I feel so teased right now. Well, I, yeah, uh, you, you want to get into it, but I, mm-hmm. yeah. did we show that slide with the Infinity Cache earlier? I don't know if we uh, did or not. I, I did, yeah. The, uh, yeah, okay. the, the platform. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Evo Cotti Productions uh, gave us $5 again. Thank you. Uh, and said that they read the fine print and these were tested on different CPUs. The Radeon card uh, was tested with the 10900K uh, and the 6900... I'm sorry, I think they mean the NVIDIA card was tested with the 10900K and the 6900 XT was tested with the uh, 5900X. Um, okay. So I thought they had told... Uh, I th- thought they had told us that it was all the same identical systems but i will go back and double check that so good good heads up thank you yeah i'm, I'm not sure where they we get, where they, they pulled that from but uh yeah they, they saw that somewhere so well here let's uh i i can drop those the uh, disclaimers at the end uh we don't want to see the disclaimer slides no. don't matter <laughs> <laughs> i mean j- just double check it <laughs> well, um, while gordon is doing that um i thought i'd bring up a couple of things i've been seeing in both our twitch and youtube chats which is people wondering what this means uh for content creators like should they expect to see any performance or what kind of performance to expect on that end um I mean, right now, all AMD has talked about is just gaming performance. So it makes makes me wonder if there's like a part three to come in terms of discussing those kind of things. It's really going to depend. Uh, right now, like AMD's software for content creators is fine, but pretty universally, AMD, NVIDIA's NVENC and uh, Shadowplay are considered superior solutions. So we're going to have to see if there's any sort of new encoder and decoder stuff in there. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that they would tell us during a tech day the press and then we would bring it all out to you in the uh, reviews and stuff like that Uh, aside from streaming if you're making videos and doing content and stuff like that I would think that you would be excited by the 16 gigabyte memory buffer because for a lot of content especially if you're starting to apply crazy visual things or if you're uh, you know working at 4k and beyond you know 8 10 gigabytes sometimes doesn't cut it 16 gigabytes is a big deal the whole reason the Radeon 7, when it came out a year or two ago, I don't even remember. Time has no meaning anymore. But the Radeon <laughs> 7, that 7 nanometer Vega part, 
it was okay as a graphics card. It was really just a compute card that they sold as a, a consumer card because NVIDIA charged so much for the Turing cards. Uh, but content creators loved it solely because of that 16 gigabytes of memory. So for that to be coming throughout all three of these graphics cards is pretty cool, I think. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Puja Systems breaking all this stuff down. They, they did have a written article from October uh, 20th uh, comparing the different uh, Premiere Pro GPU decoding options with H.264, uh, HEVC, uh, not only versus uh, the the newer RTX models, but also uh, Intel QuickSync. So it's 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 interesting. They do excellent work. Yeah, they they do excellent work, and, and I mean you know I've always said I'm like CUDA is is a big thing for me for my workflow yep. as well. So you know it's uh, as much as I I want to get excited for it I. You'd, you'd have That's to show the uphill me, battle for AMD. Yeah, you'd have to show me some really good stuff. Uh, I mean, the gaming stuff is definitely, you know, good looking on paper. Obviously, we'll have to wait for Brad's reviews. But for the content creation side, yeah, it's I, I have to see more. Um, yeah, no, in fact, you know, I, I'd love to have – we're going to try to get him on a future stream at some point, talk about workstation stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read off note RX567, which uh, it's a little tough because this my machine is so slow. I, I see no signs of – I mean, it sounds like someone earlier was saying, Evocati was saying that it was – so the 3090 was run on a 10900K and the and the 59 – the 6900 was run on a, uh, a Zen 3. Is that what he was saying? Yeah. So at the bottom of uh, the slide where they compare the RX 6900 XT, it says C and notes RX 567. Luckily, I have the high-res version. Come on. And I see nothing here that says they used – I mean, because to me, that would be patently dishonest to show one, your competitor's GPU running on a different CPU and you running on your – you know. There's no reason you would not use the same platform. RX 567 testing done by AMD Performance Labs October 18, 2020 on an AMD Ryzen 9 5900X, 3.7 gigahertz CPU, 16 gigs of DDR4 3200, Win 10, RTX 3090 using driver 456.71, our Radeon RX 6900 XT was using whatever driver, Rage Mode and SAM enabled, same thing. Uh, games are tested at 4K. There is same. It, they did it the way it should be done. If they actually had done it on a, you know, what could potentially be an inferior gaming system now, we don't, you know, we can't talk about any performance. That would have been wrong. They did not do that. So that's it's wild though. It, all of a sudden, you know, the end of 2020, a horrible year for everyone else. All of a sudden, AMD is going to be very possibly, you know, the CPU and GPU leader. That's pretty wild. They've had a hell of a turnaround over there. It's yeah. it's insane. It's right. I mean, I mean, and you know, I've lived through it before. Although I don't think it's been a while. And again, I can't comment on any performance on Zen three, but you know, if their claims are accurate, they are going to be in leadership on CPU. And now they're going to be. It's a real ball game. I don't know if they're necessarily. Would you put them ahead, Brad, on paper? I guess of if they what? have a price advantage, over, would you put Radeon over uh, uh, 30 series? I It sounds more uh, like... It'll it'll depend on the card and how the price actually shakes out. The, all that 
including the smart access memory or whatever it's called makes it hard to tell 100%, but it does look like they're going to beat them. It's going to depend. I think that, like I said, the 3070 is still in a good place. 68 isn't good. The, the 3090 might be hurting for gaming, at least. Yeah, no, it definitely feels like that was a that's in a really, really bad spot. And I will say with Athlon 64, uh, you know, because you can think of it last time they were really, really just just, you know, kicking Intel's butt. Radeon was not in the same spot. And uh, for someone who lived through it, when Athlon 64 was president, because, you know, there's no gender to president, um, Radeon was not in the same spot. In fact, at that point in time, NVIDIA worked very, very closely with AMD because they were so awesome with uh, with their CPUs. Uh, also, real quick, Evil Cottage Productions gave us another five dollars and wanted to apologize. <laughs> they got duped uh, with oh. some fake slides. So, yeah, <laughs> somebody had some fake slides. I, I guess yeah, so. Apparently so. Yeah, so that's a bummer. Um, also, uh, some other general. Anyway, questions. that's why we don't cover rumors. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, cover some uh, other questions that that I've been holding on to for a while. There's a really good one from Dennis Siberian, friend of the show. Can you guys do any price predictions for the new lower tier? Radeon GPUs. So in the future, obviously, they'll have lower tier ones. How much do you think the 1080p class cards will cost, knowing now what we know about the higher end? I expect it would be the same as it has been traditionally, uh, just like it has been this generation. Although it kind of sucks. Graphics card prices are up across the board. Like It sucks that NVIDIA put that price increase in for ray tracing last gen and then this generation they all stuck which makes sense of course they were going to do that but now apparently higher gpu prices are here to stay none of these cards amd announced today was under 500 dollars, so that's kind of a bummer but i would expect there to be compelling graphics card options all the way down uh hopefully with ray tracing enabled on all of them uh amd has said in the past they wouldn't do ray tracing unless they can do it on the whole stack hopefully that still holds true uh and i would think that NVIDIA is in a place where they can enable it in some source, at least 2060 levels of ray tracing performance on cheaper cards. Uh, so I would just expect a full stack like normal that's 30 to 50% faster than before or whatever. You know, just I would expect that things don't move as much at the lower end as they do at the higher end. So I would I would expect decent upgrades there for about the same prices as you always see. You'll be able to get a fine 60 frames per second, 1440 gaming for under three hundred dollars, easily, <laughs> maybe even two hundred dollars. So that'd be nice. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's been like that since the five eighty. I mean, it can't do it anymore. But when the five eighty came out, it could do fourteen forty p for two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. So I mean, the five eighties are still viable for for the low yeah. end. You know. Yeah. Uh, an- another question from Dennis Siberian. Uh, do you think? Or what's your take on AMD not showing any ray tracing performance comparison charts? Do you think the reason for this is that AMD ray tracing implementation is not mature enough? Uh, yes, I think you know it's not. It, we have to. They have didn't do any technical details today. We're ha- going to have to see if they have dedicated hardware. What kind of things they got going on? Uh, a lot of that makes a big difference. But I mean, this is Nvidia's second time around with it already. They have a bunch of dedicated hardware built in. I fully expect NVIDIA to maintain the ray tracing lead. So if you wanted to get a high-end GPU just to get the best possible ray tracing in Cyberpunk, which was delayed, which is a bummer, uh, 
you're probably going to want a 3080 over uh, uh, 6800 XT if you don't mind giving up all the other stuff, the 16 gigabytes of RAM and stuff like that. So, yeah, I expect AMD to be all right. I think the rumors say that AMD's implementation is a little bit better than Turing's was. So RTX 20 series. We'll see if that holds up true or what. I mean, again, this is why we don't cover rumors. But I think, again, we're going to get to the 3070 in a minute. But the 3070 delivers performance on par with the 2080 Ti, including in ray tracing tasks, unless you start using fully patch race games. And if that's the case, that's good news for AMD. Because if AMD's ray tracing is as good as Turing's was, let's just say the exact same as NVIDIA's first generation, and the 3070 is the exact same ray tracing performance as the 2080 Ti was. I mean, uh, it sounds like decent news for AMD, but I expect them to be slower in general. Uh, we got five. I rambled. Five... Can you tell I haven't had lunch? I ramble. <laughs> I know. Right? Uh, well, a couple more questions on the the Radeon stuff, and and, and we'll move on. Uh, Mark gave us uh, five pounds. Mark jo- Joy's. Uh, don't pronounce that. Uh, will AMD sixty eight hundred XT and sixty nine hundred XT have more overclocking headroom than Nvidia? Obviously, you haven't tested it yet. But what do you? Yeah, think? you never know. You never know till you get it in your hand. Yeah, it, it it totally depends. I would think, I would think, just based off the wattage and stuff, like the three hundred watt total board power for the sixteen hundred XT, I wouldn't be surprised if you can crank that up a little bit. Hmm. Okay, but uh, I I am fine with what AMD has been doing more recently. But both across Ryzen and Radeon is trying to give you as much performance as possible for normal people who don't overclock out of the box. And I am mad about that. If that winds up being the case either, because I like the idea of not having to know esoteric exotic overclocking tricks to get the most out of your GPU. If you, you know, the majority of people can get 95% of that. Uh, that's great. I think so. Nice. Yeah, there's there's a lot of chatter about uh, super resolution versus DLSS. We just we don't know hard yeah. details at this point, right? Nope. It exists. <laughs> it it exists. will exist. I don't um, know. <laughs> uh, is there anything else we want to cover for recapping the news um, that that we just covered, or should we move on? We we talked about uh, launch dates and prices, or price not prices, but the launch dates for uh, all the cards. Oh. November 18th for the 6800 series cards and December something? 8th. 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 Number 8th. <laughs> yeah. December 8th for the 6900 <laughs> XT. Yeah. Got it, got it. Uh, also, Corbin asked earlier, um, when do you think we can see first reviews on these cards? The, uh, you know, typically, good... I'm, I'm not under embargo yet. I don't typically talk about embargoes, but I will say that Typically, for graphics card embargoes, sometimes you'll see them a couple of days before it hits the street if someone's feeling cocky. But in general, it's going to be the day that you can buy them. That's just how re- review embargoes go in general. For games, for software games, for, for graphics cards, for everything. Like It's typically the day of availability. Got it. Awesome. I have one last question, Brad, and that is I really tried to buy a 3080 uh, and a 3090 card. Can't get them. I wish I could have pre-ordered these. Since I probably won't be able to get one of those, should I pre-order one of these cards? Hypothetical, hypothetical uh, Gordon shows up. Uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I oh man, <laughs> Kermit. I suppose maybe uh, I would feel less comfortable about it with this than I did with Nvidia's cards coming out. Just because NVIDIA's cards are out and they're known quantities at this point and much better than what you could get before. And because all of AMD's slides, aside from the 6800 XT, uh, had that smart access memory stuff in rage overclocking. So it's kind of hard to do apples to apples there. Uh, so I would feel less comfortable pre-ordering this one. But if you want, if you know you're going to want to get one, like this year you should if you're able to pre-order. But I still recommend against it. I just this year, think, though, if you want it, you're going to need to pre-order it. You've got to pre-order now. I mean, yeah. all the people who wish they could have pre-ordered a, a 30 series, not they can get. It. I just feel like that whole. Yeah. <sighs> there was actually uh, a thing that leaked recently. I think who had it? Red Tech, I think Red Gaming Tech on YouTube uh, of. Uh, you know, guidance that AMD sent to its board partners about uh, how to prevent bots and all that crap from happening to you. So they're thinking about it. So we'll see. Um, oh, kind of speak on that same vein of availability. Uh, we did get a question in chat, or at least a couple questions in chat, about if we're concerned about uh, mining again. Like, will these cards end up getting snatched up if they turn out being good for mining? Uh, there's always the possibility, but I think in general, a lot of the hardcore miners have switched over to ASIC chips, like specialized things. And I mean, that's just something that is what it is. <laughs> Are people still I mean, mining? Some people, a lot of the more popular coins, they won't work very efficiently whatsoever with graphics cards anymore. You have to use the custom ASICs and stuff like that. But some of the other stuff that, you know, all that shit get or stuff gets uh, traded around. Uh, can still be used with graphics cards. And so there have been, in over this past six months, like so we've had seen some availability problems because more people are mining. Uh, but that's not anything that us or AMD or anybody can control at this point. So it's not something that I'm going to, I honestly devote much thought or worry to because it just is what it is, basically. They're going to make as many as they can, as fast as they can, and hopefully you can get them. Nice. Uh, we got $2 from flake, Fake Plastic Mike saying, uh, what's Mother saying, Gordon? Uh, is she telling you to pre-order? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, also, real quick, we have somebody in the chat asking Crossfire. Do you see, is, is it still here? Are they getting rid of it? <laughs> they got rid of Crossfire with the 5700. I don't, you oh, do it, Crossfire. They retired the actual brand even before that. Uh few years ago i always remember it because i was actually like in the hospital with some pretty serious stuff and i actually broke that news at like midnight on a sunday in the hospital bed (laughs) (laughs) that they got rid of the crossfire brand like three or four years ago Uh, and with the 5700 series uh they didn't support it so it's it's the same with nvidia i mean you can only get it on the 3090 and that's really for machine learning tasks you're not going to want to use it for gaming so all right. Well, uh, we have Multi a, GPU is dead. We have a question from Blue Kid. Uh, how's the thirty seventy reviewing, Brad? <laughs> Fantastic <Perfect> transition. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing our work for us. I yeah, like it. There you go. Uh, so yeah, the thirty seventy is fantastic, as you would expect. Uh, we've been talking about it. Uh, Nvidia said it would be faster than the twenty eighty Ti. Essentially. It's on par with the 2080 Ti. It wins some. It loses some. Uh, 
on the whole, though, they're essentially the same performance. Uh, that includes ray tracing tasks in like Shadow of the Tomb Raider, in Metro Exodus, in Wolfenstein, uh, the twenty eighty Ti, thirty seventy deliver the same performance. So you can get a card that used to cost you twelve hundred bucks for five hundred dollars now, which is fantastic. I love it. That's great. Yes, AMD's cards are going to be also pretty good looking from what they say, but I don't want to take it away from Nvidia's thirty seventy whatsoever. Right here, this is a fantastic value. Uh, going, you can go on the website. Uh, yes. It is there on the first page. Uh, I have my Founders Edition review from yesterday. That's the only one we could review yesterday. The cards actually hit the streets tomorrow, including custom cards. Uh, It does have uh, 8 gigabytes of GDDR6. So it's half of the GDDR6 that you're going to be able to get in the 6800 we know now. But uh, it doesn't have the faster GDDR6X that you found in the 3080 and 3090. Uh, The card holds up very well, both for with all settings cranked to max, both for 4K and 1440p gaming, I would be more comfortable buying it for 1440p gaming on account of that 8 gigabyte memory buffer. Like I was saying earlier, games like Doom Eternal already can go over 10, 12 gigabytes. Uh, Some other games push it as well. You can always drop back textures, but if you're buying a $500 graphics card right now, you don't want to do that in the next year or two. And with the consoles coming with their bigger RAM capabilities inside of it, I do expect games to start using more RAM over the over the coming years, especially at the higher end, like 4K. So I'd feel most comfortable buying this for 1440p gaming if you plan on holding on to your card for four or five years. Uh, but if you're just going to buy it for a couple of years, you should do 4K just as well. Just as well as the 2080 Ti did. And again, that cost you $1,200 a month ago. So like, it's a, it's a great graphics card. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. that's. I mean, that I think was the headline, something like that, like this level of performance is now $700 cheaper. It's less than half the price than it was just recently. Is there any advantage to buying? I mean, I I can't see anybody really rushing out to buy a 2080 Ti right now, but is there like a computer or anything? The 2080 Ti does have some advantages. If you already have one, I wouldn't necessarily sell it just to side grade to a 3070. Uh, They both have GDDR6 memory, so the exact same kind of memory because it didn't upgrade it. 6x uh so the 2080 ti actually has three gigabytes more it has 11 gigabytes of memory so that would be better for 4k gaming i would think going forward there are times where it does have a little bit of a lead again it depending on game and resolution they trade blows back and forth all day long uh the 2080 ti's 11 gigabytes of memory i think would be better for 4k gaming uh spoiler alert i have a ultra wide benchmarks piece coming out i think friday and across the board, the 2080 Ti is slightly faster. Uh, I'm not sure why that's the case when they trade blows at 4K and 1440p at standard resolutions. But whatever reason it may be, if you have an ultra-wide monitor, 2080 Ti might be... It's, it's not like remarkably faster, but it's you know a few percentage points. Uh, and it has 11 gigabytes. So uh, the one thing where the 3070 really kicks butt compared to the 2080 Ti is if you use content creation tasks like we were just talking about that can tap into the second generation uh tensor cores and rt cores like if you do ray tracing or motion blur or stuff like that uh this new second gen third gen technology is much faster at that than the rt and tensor cores in the 2080 ti so if you're doing something like blender cycles with uh optics support which is the nvidia name for rt and tensor core support 
uh, the 37D is remarkably faster. Is it? I, I do have this question because I'm still thinking about buying a 1080 Ti for <laughs> Blender with optics. Is that is it better to buy a 1080 Ti or 20 series for uh, for content creation with GPU stuff like that? At this point, yeah, the 1080 Ti is a little bit behind the game, yeah. <laughs> it still would probably hold up just fine on your high refresh rate 1080p monitor, or if you don't mind dropping stuff down, 1440p as well. So, Brad, I had a question for you um, looking mm-hmm. at your review. One thing that you pointed out was the fact that um, there was like less efficiency um, at 1080p on the 3070 than compared yep. to the 2080 Ti, and I was kind of curious why you thought that was yeah so it didn't happen across the board in all the games but in some games the 2080 ti is noticeably faster than the 3070 uh it's just we focus on the shader core counts the insanely high shader core counts for the ampere cards so this one has 5888 i think compared to much less for the other ones but it's actually a different they completely re-architected everything in it so the shader cores if the other parts of the architecture can't keep those shader core feds, you'll see the drop in performance because the bottleneck is the other parts of the GPU. And I think that's what's happening when you get down to 1080p mm-hmm. without getting way too technical. <laughs> but, but yes, so there will be cases where that happens. It won't happen in all the, all the cases, but if you're playing, I think it was Rainbow Six Siege at... 1080p was the one where it showed the most. And I think, you know, there was another game too. But if you, it, both of them will be fine for a higher refresh rate 1440p monitor. You'll just be the the 2080 Ti is a little bit faster. They're both kind of overkill anyway, for unless you're trying to be an esports pro, beat a 360 hertz monitor and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, I've, I have a good question just to kind of step back from a, a high level fake plastic mic gave us five dollars uh again thank you uh what are you what are your can you expand on your comparison testing procedures uh and maybe talk about how things might be different now that uh uh you know with this new technology and the in the new radions uh, you already added the the widescreen benchmarks so you, you you traditionally had never done that in the past right yeah i've never done that in the past uh i realized that's a growing, I mean, it's still very much a niche, but it's a growing one. And it's one that I have personal interest in. And over the past year, I've got uh, ultra wide benchmark. So it, it doesn't take precedence in my review. Uh, the reason they've been coming out a couple of days after the other ones is because that's just when I have time to get to them. But for these higher end cards, I'm trying to include that because it's useful information for a growing number of people. And I think it's traditionally underserved, uh, by you know publications and tech tubers and whatnot so i'm just trying to get some ultra wide numbers out there for people to see uh that the ryzen radeon connection makes things difficult because i was honestly thinking of switching to a ryzen 5000 platform for testing going forward if the reviews wind up as good as AMD claims, because if they do have PCIe 4 and the fastest single thread performance, uh, I mean, that's the best case scenario. Like when Ampere came out, we had to, I had to choose between, okay, my overclocked 8700K is super high clock speeds versus no PCIe 4. That has the best of both worlds. But it's going to depend on that system uh, or smart access memory. 
because if there's no way to turn that off, I can't fairly evaluate NVIDIA and Radeon cards in that system because the AMD cards will get a boost. So I'm going to have to look more into that. Basically, my testing methodology is always just to make everything as fair and level as possible so that the only thing changing is the graphics cards and the drivers. Well, though, I mean, that does make it really sticky because if if AMD has SAM giving them maybe 5 or 6 7% more on Ryzen and again I'm I'm not saying how fast Zen 3 is or anything isn't that what people should know because if they're buying a high end Zen 3 they know that I for the initial launch day reviews if I had a Ryzen 5000 system that is information I would definitely want to try to cram in there uh, I think it is good and useful information for people to know, uh, which is why I like the 3070 review that came out yesterday. I have stuff about additional ray tracing stuff and content creation that is normally not in my reviews, but it's because it was comparable directly against the 2080 Ti. I felt like it was good knowledge for people to have, so that's why I included it. It would be the same with this, but it wouldn't change my base testing methodology. Oh, something just blew up in my ear. Uh, <laughs> let me close this browser window uh, <laughs> but yeah so yeah that is definitely like a good thing for them just like dlss is a good thing for nvidia and i include that sometimes when it's applicable but for general you know apples to apples benchmarks you can't have things like that mucking it up yeah it makes it a little weird but because you're not reviewing the whole system you're reviewing the graphics card in my case Right, and if they get a particular advantage, then you're not telling people with, you know, Zen 2 or, you know, Intel parts what they're going to get out of it. Yep. And, again, I do think that is, if I had a Ryzen system to test, I definitely would test that because that is good and useful knowledge for people to have. But it's extra on top of a normal review. (laughs) So, Brad... What would you say to somebody who, after seeing the Radeon presentation today, um, and they re- they said to you, hey, I was thinking of getting a 3070 tomorrow, but now that these cards are coming November 18th, should I s- wait still? Because then they run the risk of getting nothing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because like if everything sells out tomorrow and then the numbers are not as um, exciting as we you know, anticipate them being based on the presentation today, and so that's not one, something they want to buy, then they're just kind of left in the cold. So yeah. like, what should they do? Um, it depends. This is a weird year where you got to go a lot by gut feel and personal circumstances. So it depends on you, I would say, first off, in your circumstances. Second, if you were going to buy the 3080 for 1440p gameplay, I'd feel much more comfortable with that. It does look like, if the numbers are true, the Radeon RX 6800 is faster. However, and it does have 16 gigabytes of memory, so twice the memory. However, it's also $80 more, and there's no guarantee it'll be available. And if it comes out three weeks from now and you're not able to get one the day of, I mean, you're looking at a month plus of not having a graphics card when you're ready to upgrade tomorrow. Uh, if you're looking to buy a 4K, I would probably hold off on that. Uh, if you're looking to buy a 1440p and you are comfortable with waiting, I would wait because, I mean, more knowledge is always better. Buy AMD's numbers, that card's a lot faster. But if I was going uh, 1440p and I wanted a graphics card right now, I would not feel bad about buying the RTX 3070 tomorrow. 
Any predictions on availability on this? Is it going to be better this time? The 3070, you mean? Uh, I would hope so, because that's, you know, NVIDIA's whole reason for delaying the launch ostensibly. Uh, so hopefully. I think, personally, you know, looking at different rumors, hearing different things, uh, I think there will be better stock of this. Uh, I personally would still expect it all to sell out in five minutes instead of one minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same, same thing. <laughs> Everyone who did not get a 3080 and 3090 are now pissed that they didn't get a 3080 and 3090. And they're just going to save the extra $200 and get a 3070 and be happy because very few people have a 4K monitor anyway. Most of these people are playing high refresh rate 1440p if you're buying an enthusiast class GPU. And 3070 does great with that. So It's like toilet paper all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I have uh, – I buy uh, – boxes of toilet papers that are meant for hotels now i have two giant 80 packs of toilet nice. paper just in case I'll winter's coming apocalypse yeah <laughs> we we out here in rural new hampshire we got down to like oh we're gonna have to start like peeling off the labels off of our beer bottles and stuff for toilet paper but we avoided that by <laughs> you have to drink more beer you know you, yeah it's like you go in the bathroom you got a cold beer there you just drink it yeah it. <laughs> but we avoided that so Anyway, I got distracted. <laughs> I have a lot of toilet paper in case anybody was I, yeah, I know. I have a stockpile, too. You got to stockpile it. After that last one, you'd be crazy not to. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. One thing I did want to touch on. I have I 10 3080 cards just like stacked up just in case. Yeah, just in case you need to wipe your butt with them. Is that what you're oh, saying? Oh, God. Uh, one thing I did want to mention is that uh, Ampere is indeed more power efficient than Turing was because these two cards deliver essentially the same performance, but the 3070 uses substantially less power. So, you know, you're going off theoreticals with the higher ones because there was nothing to compare the 3080 against before. But in this case, we can say, hey, a 2080 and a 3070 give you essentially the exact same performance, but the 3070 uses, I think, like dozens of watts less power. Do you mean 3080 Ti or, or 2080 Ti or a, a 2080 Ti versus 3070? So Ampere is indeed more efficient than Turing by a substantial amount. It's just good to have real world confirmation of that. They show theoretical things based on GPUs and you can do calculations and stuff. But, but this is a real world concrete example. And I just wanted to shout that out. Um, bringing, excuse me, bringing it back to your 3070 review. I think it's kind of funny that uh, we have spent all this time just talking about how it stacks up against the 2080 Ti, and we haven't really talked at all about how it stomps on the 2070 <laughs> um, and, you know, what that means relative to the, the price and the prices of each of those cards as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, actually. I had not mentioned that whatsoever. You're correct. Uh, so this is a massive step forward for gamers in this price range uh it's not quite as big as the 3080 was over the 2080 i don't think yeah anyway i'm gonna start throwing out hard numbers but anyway it's about 50 to 60 percent faster than the 2070 was for the exact same price points you paid 500 bucks for a 2070 now you're paying 500 bucks for a 3070 it's 50 to 60 percent faster so it has the exact same memory capacity though and that's why amd is smart to come out here with 16 gigabytes uh but yeah, just this has been a tremendous year of upgrades for gamers. It's so if you uh, typically we say don't upgrade generation to generation, but the 20 series was so bad from a traditional performance increase standpoint compared to the 10 series. 
that's why we still debate the 2080 versus 1080 Ti all the time with Gordon, because Turing was that bad, <laughs> offering the same amount of base performance for the higher for the same price. So we typically say don't upgrade generation to generation because typically you see an advance in performance every generation. Last generation, we really didn't for a lot of these. So if even if you have a 2070 this time around, upgrading to a 3070, you will tangibly feel the difference. Is it more worth – so the question I was going to ask you was, is it more worth to stay in that same price range if you had a 2070 or – is it worth waiting to see if they come out with, say, the rumored uh, 3060 Ti and pay less for still a decent uplift, uh, presumably, in performance? It's going to depend, I mean, what you're looking for, like how much money you have, you know, how fast you want it to be. That's totally subjective. Like, it's going to okay. depend. The 3060 Ti, if it comes out for 400 bucks, it might be faster than the 2070 was. Uh, but I would expect you to feel that speed quite a bit less. I wouldn't think it'd be worth it to go from a 70 class to a 60 class gen on gen like this, but staying in the same class with as big of an increase we're seeing, I think is worthwhile. That's just my gut reaction out of the box of that question. Nice. It's all theoretical right now. <laughs> it's all theoretical. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a great graphics card. Um, the gen to gen upgrades are really hard to justify though. This time it's not, you know, 50, 60% faster. Yeah. Like it's, it's because Turing was so bad as far as performance per dollar. Like it added ray tracing. Yeah. Uh, normal, I will say. Not just conventional. I'll go with the typical performance. Wait, wait, wait. You, We're still... <laughs> content creation, tensor, ray yeah, tracing. good point. Yep. Those are the yep. – people do have to realize those are real things. Yep. In content creation, those make a world of difference. Um, nice. We, we got a couple super chats real quick. Uh, Lager gave us five Canadian dollars, said, how angry do you think Jensen is this morning? Is he burning down his kitchen? I think he knew it was coming. So no, oh, okay. <laughs> I think there's a reason that, uh, NVIDIA juggled all of its launch dates around and it probably was not just a boost stock. Okay. Uh, and Evan Irv gave us $5 Canadian as well, said, uh, essentially said something along the lines of, do you think we will see a price drop from all of the RTX cards now knowing what AMD has come out with? No. For the reason I think we described it in, it might have been the previous uh, stream, but I think it might have been this stream. But they're selling these as fast as they can make them. Uh, and that is not what causes price drops to happen. It's really bad too. I was looking at, I was trying to see really what the bad. 3070 pre-orders were like, or orders, and it's just, I can't believe what uh, 20 series are going for. It's just like that's like higher than launch price almost. It's Don't really buy a 20 series. Yeah. No, but I mean the fact that they can still price them so high. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's because they've run down inventory so much, so it's just the end, or whether that's just simply, you know what, you want a card, that's all we got. You know. It's there's not much right now. A lot of it is priced not favorably at all for consumers like the other day i just saw like a an rx 580 for like 200 dollars, and i was like what Oof. that would have been a great deal back in the day but in 2020 and no, 2020 no. not so much no not so much weird um 
Okay. Uh, anything else to talk about 3070? You said you got widescreen benchmarks coming. I put the, the link to your yep. review if they if people want to get in on it. Um, yeah, widescreen benchmarks are coming, I think, Friday, uh, hopefully. I'm not the one in charge of scheduling, so but uh, hopefully Friday. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, the cards actually hit the street. Uh, I'm not sure if I can say it out loud, but it will. We're going to have a custom card review. Uh, so if you're interested to see how custom cards handle, you know, swing by tomorrow as well. Okay. Nice. Awesome. And if you are looking to have an ultra wide monitor and you are considering getting this or a 2080 Ti for some reason, it seems very weird. But if you already have a 2080 Ti, let's say that car's not good, that piece isn't going out till Friday, but stick with your 2080 Ti. Okay. Uh, also, somebody, somebody over on the Discord earlier mentioned we should have, uh, I forgot to mention this last segment that we should bring the, the gentleman from Sapphire on again. Uh, yeah, once, once they get their uh, their new parts out as well, it'd be interesting to to have him on to chat. I'm curious that. to see uh, aftermarket card availability for the Radeon cards this year. Like if it happens, because if you look back to the RX 5000 series, the 5700, and all those, it took months before, or at least a month. It felt like months before we saw custom cards. Uh, whereas this time around, NVIDIA launched with full custom on day one for every single one of its cards. So I'm curious to see how that all shakes out with all three of these cards going forward. Yeah, another technical detail that I need to hear more about. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'm going to switch over to the, uh, the Q&A section. Uh, if you have questions at any time during the week, get on the full nerd discord. It's an awesome place to be. There's a link to join it uh, in the description. There's a channel in there that you can just drop a question in and I'll, I'll, we'll get to it in future episodes uh, or just at me here uh, in the chat, the live chat right now. Uh, we're going to make this kind of short so we, we can get out of here, but uh, I do have a couple burning questions. Uh, Travis Morrison McKeel gave us $5. Thank you so much. Said, can you give me a dumbed down explanation of which is better, G-Sync or FreeSync? Also, what monitor would you recommend buying? I can't give you a specific monitor recommendation because um, it depends on all sorts of things, what resolution you have, what speed you want, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, personally, I find 1440p, 444 hertz to be the sweet spot, but those can get a little bit pricey. Uh, that's just you know my personal opinion as someone who likes fast graphics cards. Uh, G-Sync versus FreeSync. Uh, G-Sync still just works. Uh, you plug it in to your system with your GeForce graphics card and it will work. It only works with GeForce graphics cards, I believe. Not, yeah, it still is only working with GeForce graphics cards. Uh, no matter what frame rate you're getting, it's always going to be smooth. They also, some of the monitors support extra features like low motion blur if you're playing at very high rates and stuff like that. Uh, FreeSync works with Radeon or GeForce graphics cards. It initially came out as uh, Radeon technology, uh, but now you can manually force GeForce cards to work with it as well. Uh, FreeSync can work over HDMI or DisplayPort, unlike G-Sync, which uses DisplayPort. Uh, its range of supported refresh rates for the technology differs. So you're going to have to do a little bit more research to make sure that the frame rates you're looking to play at are supported by that specific monitor. But in general, if you're playing at 60 frames per second, and that's the goal you're trying to set, it'll it'll work if you can keep it around there. Uh, FreeSync tends to be a lot more affordable, so you'll find it even in $100 monitors. Uh, 
G-Sync, on the other hand, tends to be incredibly expensive and only found at ultra high-end monitors. So if you can get either one of them, do it. Uh, as we were discussing earlier, if you buy a G-Sync monitor, you're pretty much locking yourself into NVIDIA for the lifespan of your monitor because you're not going to want to give up those features two generations from now. So that's also something worth considering. But yeah, that's a bit rambling, but hopefully that made sense. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also want to add that, you know, G-Sync is a premium product. They do yeah. certification, they do testing. They tell the monitor makers, you need to fix this, you need to fix that, you need to use this kind of panel, blah, 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 blah. So it, in general, is always going to be a an excellent experience, and you are going to pay for that excellent experience. FreeSync is just more, it's more free. Basically, monitor makers can make really good FreeSync panels, and they can just slap a sticker on there and barely do any compliance. So it's a little more, you know, free Free open, free reign, a little more chaotic, but um, I think that's probably a good way to say it. If you can't, you probably, I think this is safe to say, you probably cannot get a bad G-Sync monitor, right? But yeah. you shouldn't because you're paying so much more money for it. And yep. the other thing I do agree with the brand is like, yeah, you're you're buying all in to NVIDIA with that, which is a bummer, but that's, that's what happens. Uh, one thing to note, also adding on to everything else that's already been said, is that... Um, uh, NVIDIA made their cards compatible with select FreeSync monitors. And so one thing to watch out for is that if you do decide to go with a G-Sync monitor, be aware that some vendors aren't very careful about um, distinguishing between G-Sync versus G-Sync compa- or like G-Sync compatible. So really dig into the specs of the monitor you're interested in. If it's advertised as G-Sync and the price seems a little too good to be true, you know, like where it's in that mid-range where like, oh, maybe it could be a real G-Sync, but everything else is kind of stripped down feature-wise, which is why it's actually a true G-Sync monitor, but a little more affordable. So when you're in that kind of like mid-price range and it seems a little too cheap for a G-Sync monitor, definitely dig into those specs and make sure that it's actually what you think it is. Monitor buying in general is such a pain in the butt. Like it's an incredibly opaque, I think, marketing the way that they yeah. do all that stuff. Free sync, G sync, G sync compatible. It's 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 a pain in the butt to keep track of all that stuff. Also, you can see like you see HDR compatible or HDR ready monitors. That means nothing. You'll see HDR four hundred monitors, which basically just means a four hundred nit monitor, uh, which is not HDR by any standard classification. Uh, you typically need a thousand for that, but that on the PCs it's labeled as HDR. It's just it's a minefield. So if you're gonna go, depending on how much you're looking to spend, if you're looking to spend like a hundred to two hundred bucks, you're probably gonna get a FreeSync monitor. Uh, you'll you'll get something good. Make sure you get an IPS panel. You'll you'll be fine with it. But if you're looking to spend over two hundred bucks, I would definitely do research. Like go around, look. I can't give you a, a recommended model today, but I would definitely go recommend to do your research because it's confusing. Do you have a recommended place to do research? I, I always typically like Ardings. That's the one I was going to say. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I do want to point out because I saw someone in the chat say that you can get both a monitor that is FreeSync and G-Sync, and that is because you are uh, confused by NVIDIA's intentional muddying of the market because what you are buying is a FreeSync panel that they have essentially rebranded as G-Sync compatible um, because they basically support um, FreeSync, but they call it G-Sync compatible. That is really not the same as sort of a high-end true G-Sync panel that has hardware 
those monitors that are hardware G-Sync, I think it's what, G-Sync Ultimate, whatever, those are only, you can only get those feature, full feature support on an NVIDIA graphics card. It is, it's not really the same thing. But that was part of, NVIDIA's incredibly smart jujitsu move to mess things up for everybody. <laughs> it was. Which, yeah, it right? was a smart I mean, jujitsu move. <laughs> they flipped it over. I mean, we all knew it would come one day. I just didn't think they, they could successfully flip it over like that. You know, uh, a couple more serious questions. Uh, okay. Matthew Mollis gave us uh, 10 pounds. He's got a really serious problem. All of us need to help him. Should I cancel my 3090 for the win three pre-order or, and get a 6,900 XT for gaming at 4k? Can Ooh. I jump in on this one first? Cause I, <laughs> so I would say if you are in a position to be able to return that card easily with no restocking fees and not having to worry about catching diseases by having to go in store to return it you can basically buy yourself a insurance by keeping that pre-order um and then seeing what the benchmarks say when that card finally releases that's assuming that your return window is big enough to accommodate the uh, december launch date i i have an answer too <laughs> there we go you got to sip after you say it though you are buying a 3090 card what you should do is because money doesn't matter obviously you should just simply have your butler go and stand in line <laughs> and get a 6900 xt card as well get your 3090 card and you get your 6900 and then when you decide which one you want to use you use it and for the one you don't use you can just put up on the shelf because clearly, if you are buying a $1,500 graphics card just for gaming, then, yeah, I think your butler can go pick up that 6900 XT for you. Okay, I right. have no butlers. But <laughs> I would recommend thinking about what you're buying the card for. If you're buying it to try out NVIDIA's 8K, 8K gaming claims on a luxurious TV with your butler... Uh, or to do content creation or something like that, then the 3090 is still a great buy. Uh, if you do have a high-end G-Sync monitor already, I mean, like we were just saying, you're probably going to want the 3090. Uh, but if you're just looking to get the fastest, not fastest, we have no idea if the 6900 XT or 3090, which will be faster, but it looks like they'll be comparable at least. If you're looking to get that comparable level of performance, like the fastest gaming performance, that you can buy this generation uh, and you don't care about the 24 gigabytes of RAM and you don't care about, you don't have a high end free uh, G sync monitor and you just want to save 500 bucks, then definitely maybe <laughs> like if you're just interested in pure 4k gaming or high refresh 1440p gaming, I would be very interested in the 6900 XT if I was looking to buy right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully that helps uh, Matthew. Uh, a wait, wait, wait! You said all of us. You're our, you're part of us too. You haven't weighed in yet. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard because do they care about ray tracing? You know, are are they content creation? You know, all the same stuff we talk about the AMD versus NVIDIA stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it if it's just pure gaming at 4K, then I mean that's not a bad price. But yeah, if you're already plunk, plunking down that kind of cash because you want the best of the best, you know, yeah. You can, in fact, you can use that to your advantage when you're with other and you're in a game. It's like, yeah, I bought a 3090, but I like the 6900 XT, so I'm using that now. I'm not even using it. And people are like, what? 
also do they do they stream you know so i yeah that's uh all that stuff matters all that stuff matters you know um but anyway uh uh kind of a side note um uh raccoon woo uh asks uh what kind of headset is gordon wearing uh this is an old plantronics i think it's like a commander or something gamescom commander they don't make it anymore um they you know they basically model it after um they called it a competition headset and they model it after airplane headsets the cups are really you know they they help cut out a lot of the external audio so that was the idea with it okay it was actually a really good uh, headset i like it I love it. Uh, it's, it's crazy. This has nothing to do with the headset, but what we were just talking about. It's crazy how much more difficult it's gotten to recommend all kinds of PC hardware, but I'm thinking about graphics cards. Like when the 10 series came out, the GTX 10 series, and NVIDIA CEO and the Sage and said, hey, you know, the 1070 is faster than the 980 Ti was. And then you test it, and yes, it's faster than the 980 Ti was. But now... Do you mean faster in ray tracing? Do you mean faster in rasterization? Do you mean faster in modern APIs? What about content creation? Like, it's it's way more complicated now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's, I mean, which is good, but it's also confusing. Makes yeah. Life a lot more complicated. Brad. It makes it complicated, <laughs> but, it also, for it. but it also makes it, you know, before it was sort of one size fits all. You're like, hey, yeah. I'm doing Premiere. Hey, you know what? You really don't need more than... 1060, 1070, because yeah. the encoder wasn't that different. But now, you if you you can just sort of tailor the hardware to your use. You know, it's awesome. You need 16 cores, you can get it. 32 cores, you can get it. You need you know ultimate tensor cores to do machine learning in your box at home. You can get it. Uh, one more serious question. Then we got a couple joke ones. Uh, Oso Rojo. Uh, over on Discord said, uh, "Have uh, Brad, have you considered testing for multi-monitor setups? I can't find many reviews with for multi-monitor performance. Not to give you more uh, work, but... <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> it's... it's. I think that multi-monitor gaming, I, th- I think that gets used less even than ultra-wide. So, the ultra-wide is where I'm focusing on right now. Uh, that gets pretty close to multi-monitor setup. So you could use that, the 3440 by 1440 Ultra as a, like a multi-monitor 1440. You can kind of, you know, evaluate based on that. But no, probably not. Both for, just because there's only so many hours in the day, like people don't understand how long these reviews take, especially now that they are more complicated. These, these are several day events. And I only have so much desk, desk space. <laughs> <laughs> so. Do you think you can just use 4K as a stand-in? Uh... Because I mean, the ultra wide's probably well. I mean, they're up. They're probably pushing more pixels in it. I I don't want to. I didn't get permission to show this, but this is from a person I talk to all the time. This is his. He has three ultra wide. Yeah, that, that's I the mean, way to go. That's some of those the people, way to go. Right? Does he do sim racing and stuff like that? Elite Dangerous. Those people have some amazing setups. Uh, I think right now he's playing some very low end game, but it's I mean, look at it. It's <laughs> World it's, of Warships. <laughs> confirmed. Oh, but yeah, I I probably cannot devote my i can't say i'm gonna do that i mean it's one of the things where there's with all these graphics cards there's so many things i wish i had time to do but there's only so many hours in the day especially since people are releasing graphics cards every six days this last quarter of this year apparently i think i've reviewed eight graphics cards in the past month nine something like that (laughs) it's crazy he just announced three more (laughs) yeah yeah 
Um, okay, uh, moving on to some uh, joke questions <laughs> to finish out. Evocati Productions gave us $5 again. Thank you, said... Um, Just endless fives. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> all, all the nerds should search for Computer Chronicles slash PC Gaming 2001 on YouTube to watch Gordon uh, on TV with lots of hair. Uh, it's so awesome. Gordon, what, what was it like to have hair and be on that episode of Computer Chronicles? <laughs> Uh, this this will really bother Elena, but I I had this uh, hairstylist that I used to use, and I used to pay him like fifty dollars a month to cut that hair. So why would it bother me? I pay a hundred dollars for my haircuts. What? Women's I thought you would have got some kind of. Yeah, don't you like haircuts are expensive? Yeah, but you're Elena. I figured you would have like. Yeah, I've been going to this. You know, there's a there's a you know where they they train you patients. You go there and they need volu- <laughs> they need heads to cut. I'm like, I got that for like $10. Do you know what happens when you go to a $7 haircut place? You cry for hours after. That's what happens. Yeah, Yeah. but where's the value? Where's the value? The value is that I don't cry for hours and then regret it for months afterwards. Yeah, some things are worth putting actual money into. (laughs) uh, You know who cuts my hair? I cut my hair. It's free. I didn't even pay that. I used to pay $10, lady down the street. I'm like, wait a minute. I'll just buy something on Amazon and do it myself. You can't see all the spots I missed in back, but <laughs> I'm offering you value, folks. Elaine is paying you $100 to cut her hair. I like my hairdresser. She does a great job. Yeah, yeah. Nice. No, it's it's worth it. Hi, it's worth it. Uh, I want to actually bick my head, but the reason I always, if you look back at past episodes, I have crazy long hair or short hair. It's because I don't give a crap about my hair whatsoever. I don't pay people to cut it. I don't like combing it. So I just let it get long enough that I'm like, oh, I got to comb this. And then I shave it. <laughs> uh, and I would love to just big it because I'm going bald. But that seems like too much work. I already don't like to comb it. I don't want to have to big it every week. So you just get what you get with me. Uh, Dare Sensei <laughs> says my butler cuts my hair. <laughs> after you pick up that third 3090 cut my head jeeves <laughs> uh also real quick maybe we, we keep getting money coming in i'm trying to cancel the, or stop the show jeez uh prosin <laughs> prosin par har par sorry uh 100 uh rupees uh now here's the gap people who, you can use yeah. <laughs> People who need production work will go for thirty ninety for fifteen hundred dollars. But who needs real gaming? But the people who need real gaming will go for a six eight hundred or six nine hundred XT. Are they right? Yeah, that's my probably. Yeah. We'll see. We'll it's going to depend on the reviews, but that's my gut. Yeah. Uh, Nick also gave us five dollars. Said I have a G Sync monitor, an Acer Predator X thirty four P, and building a new rig. If I get a six nine hundred XT, I will probably lose G Sync. But can it at least use free sync? No. I, yeah. No. Probably not. Uh, unless it's a G-Sync compatible monitor. I, I don't know that monitor specifically. No, that's a high-end G-Sync monitor. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, uh, Dennis Siberian also said, um, since Brad was uh, eating the popcorn on the stream, have you ever tried mixing M&Ms or Skittles with hot popcorn? I have not, and I tend to eat it as a low-calorie snack, but I am intrigued by your ideas and wish to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Um, also, the, the very last one, uh, earlier in the show, we got a whole $69 from VC Jester. Thank you nice. so much. Huge donation. That's awesome. I know. Uh, and said, uh, he, he said, yak hide is good fight me he's also referencing <laughs> the fact that gordon thinks all 
food from the north is crappy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I, you know what? I mean, maybe like fur pelt, like fried, deep fried, because that's the southern thing. If you deep fry it, I bet everything's really good. Deep fried yak hide? I'm sure, you know, okay. I'm sure everything is, yeah. you know. Have you ever tried yak hide, Gordon? Anybody? It might be I, really I good, right? Is that a real thing? <laughs> I, I, I would think so. I don't know. We'll find out in the Food yeah. Chat channel on the Discord. Uh, I know. Yeah. Maybe we should go to, to our fancy bodega around the corner and get some yak hide. Uh, also, we got one last Super Chat in, $5 from a, a Gordon Unge. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, it says, $100 for a haircut. Did NVIDIA or Intel make it, Elena? <laughs> I'd make you do um, that. I'd... I'm just saying, you just, just talk to to women in your life. Uh, a lot of them do pay quite a bit for haircuts because one, it's no different like the wedding industry where it's like they know you'll pay for it, so you pay for it. But also, you get that level of I won't make you cry. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind of pain for that. A good haircut. No, I, I is just, a good haircut. I, I'm glad I got that super chat in. So. <laughs> yeah you got it right right in at the end um cool let's uh let's let's wrap it up let's get out of here gordon okay check back next week for your fix of pc talk on the full nerd for audio listeners subscribe to us on itunes google play spotify or stitcher also please leave us a review every time you do elena gets ten dollars off on her haircuts bring it down <laughs> to ninety dollars send questions and comments to the full nerd at pcworld.com thanks for coming i'm gordon Young with brad charkas adios elena Yee. bye everyone and Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. To pre-order or not to pre-order? That is the question. Bye.